0: Soundcast selected. Diagnostic. Sound quality. Flow.
1: Intelligent rating. Knowledge. Product name. Product name. Product name. Product knowledge. Hey Adam.
0: Uh, yes?
1: Have you ever tried to uh go to a bank and give them your change?
0: <laughs> Not a bank, no.
1: Uh well, I used to quite regularly as a child, actually, Ethan. Uh, they've got this cool machine that uh just counts all of the change for you. And they they they're at a nifty little receipt, and they put that right in your right in your bank account, and you go and buy candy or something, because that's usually your spare change. Um, yeah. So the other day, Tuesday, I went to go cash my... So this will be Tuesday and a month ago. <laughs> I went to go cash my fucking change at a bank in which I have almost no holdings in.
0: Okay. And
1: I pulled out my smart water bottle that I'd cut the top off of. That was full of mostly quarters.
0: Okay. And I said,
1: sorry, man, I have to cash all this change. And he said, do you have a business account? And I said, no. And he said... Then we gave that, we got rid of that machine. <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, yeah, we can't do loose change. And I said, then I don't need a bank account. <laughs> and he was like, okay, and proceeded to walk me through taking out all of my money before telling me that I would then have to talk to a senior teller or call somebody on a helpline. And I had to go do some stuff. So I got picked up by you, and then you heard me get very upset <laughs> on the phone because I have to have extra security. And then I just went today and uh, closed out my bank account, and I'm a little little sour there. So we should think of ways to get rid of banks more. And yeah. I was thinking if we, like, it, this is a real bad way to do it. It's not going to help the world, but it will hurt the banks. I'm not really after helping the world at the moment. I'm injured. I'm sad. I was thinking we could just make it so that, like, if you have enough money to cover it, you can just register as a bank. Yeah. Like, at all, as anybody, you can just (laughs) go fucking, I can cover $10, so this guy would like to open a bank account with me. And we just decentralize that shit all the way down to the point where you're probably going to end up just using your local grocery store and or apartment complex as a bank.
0: Yeah, I'm for it. Um it's interesting now, you know, with all the like money apps, cash app, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, they're we're already almost there. Yeah. We're very close <laughs> to You just have to have a couple million dollars and ten dudes with slick back hair telling you that your app is a bank.
0: Yeah. Or just a really convincing marketing story, you know, like uh what's his name? Sam Freed? The uh
1: Don't use names on me. <laughs> Corporations.
0: He's um he's a dude with that crypto exchange. I think it's FTX. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Like, how many people trusted that guy? And like, what's coming out of it? I don't know if you've seen any of the news about it. I've seen
1: some of it. The problem with following that story is that that guy has got his fucking hands in almost every angle of the market. Yeah, including like there's a stadium that carries that business's name yeah
0: i think it's the miami heat play there they named their arena after him
1: yes which goes with the whole weird marketing deal that i i don't know when we decided this as a country that we were gonna have real stupid names for everything because of marketing (laughs) but and i know that comes with like some pretty hefty like legal requirements or i guess they're only legal if you break them
0: yeah crazy stuff but yeah banks I don't know. My mom uh, worked in the banking industry pretty much her whole like adult career, and uh, a lot of the stuff that she used to tell me was wild, but specifically in her career, I feel like all the kind of things that were helpful to consumers disappeared. So it was interesting just watching my mom's opinion of banks kind of become more and more negative. <laughs> yeah, the
1: guy I was closing my accounts with today, when he asked me why I was closing my accounts, I just gave him like a step-by-step. I was just like, all right, so currently I don't have enough money in either my savings or my checkings account for you guys not to charge me $5 in each of them a month, and I yeah. make .001 interest on my savings account, so I am several tens of thousands percent charged and so like i have no reason to have one on there and then being as i am poor loose change is somewhat unimportant thing to uh, yeah. be able to bring to somebody yeah. and you guys don't do that so i have literally no reason to do any business with you at all <laughs> yeah. and to his credit he was like yeah sounds <laughs> about right but he did not and could not comprehend that um i used change as money yeah. Like the first thing he asked me was like, "Are you upset because you have a vending business and you just have lots of change?" And I was like, "No, it's this water bottle full of change."
0: That's funny that he jumped to that first. He's like, "Yeah, you must have vending machines." Yes, I of- do not look.
1: I, anybody that's my friends knows that. Imagine me walking into a bank. Um, I don't look like a businessman. Yeah, I look mildly like I just walked out of a. Uh, fucking time machine.
0: (laughs) You should have been like, no, man, it's homies. I sell, you know, those little 50-cent machines. Dude, (laughs) I think
1: about fucking making little homie ripoffs all the time. Yeah. But I would have to make them out of something biodegradable, which is expensive to start.
0: Yeah. I had a decent homie collection in high school.
1: I did too. I had a really, really rare homie for a while from Heather. Shout out Heather, the old GM (laughs) of the Atomic Comics by... TV mall, which is also no longer there.
0: Yeah, that's been gone for a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: but she had one of the like, first little homies, and yes. I carried that guy around until his body fell off, and then I carried his head
0: around for <laughs> probably ten years. I wonder if I still have some homies somewhere. Probably Dude, they do.
1: might be worth money, which is weird. I feel like yeah. of the people that's accidentally going to have tiny shit that's worth money, you
0: are <laughs> like probably the only one of our friends. Yeah, maybe. There was like the whole vice put out a thing i watched it it's been a few years about like the homie economy it was a really huge business i guess in like the late 90s early 2000s but yeah then, then there it was, all like... turned
1: into bones
0: yeah <laughs> i remember bones too but there was like some huge collapse of that market and like a bunch of people lost a ton of money i guess with homies
1: i can almost guarantee you that they were just sending that shit to be made <laughs> overseas in a completely unsustainable market and then Trying to do cheap transportation to get them into those quarter machines.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Because like selling those things for even 50 cents with even just putting a truck 200 miles away from that item... That you got to pay for that little ball. You got to pay for somebody to put that in that ball. You got to pay for somebody to fucking drive the truck. You got to pay for somebody to load the machine. Like, yeah. And the only reason why that was probably feasible was sometime in the late 80s, they got a business loan that came with a government subsidy that they spent entirely overseas. And then they got better wages overseas <laughs> and it just collapsed their entire model.
0: Yeah. I just imagine some guy getting like a huge tax credit or something, and he's like, This is going straight to homies.
1: <laughs> I mean, yes, that's probably what. I mean. yeah. all of this that'd be I'd feel super upset if they're actually altruistic. Like <laughs> Homies is trying to set itself up as the like generational wealth thing that I'm talking about when you like just give your company to say a hospital. Yeah. And you're like, just keep this making money for the hospital. Like <laughs> If that was what they were trying to just make, like, a collectible market, that they could keep slowly producing cheap objects to get, like, a backbone for, say, the post office or something.
0: Yeah. Homie hospital.
1: Homies. Homies for hospitals. (laughs) I think that was a real thing. Like, there's been multiple times in American history since we've been alive that uh, gangs have just done the right thing. Yeah. Like, and done ceasefires and shit, and just been like, oh things are actually fucked up so we're gonna stop
0: well uh i have a mascot update for you oh
1: (laughs) is it about zoich
0: no sadly it's not about zoich it's never about Um, zoich i know it's about laib laib yeah do you know laib i don't he's a new mascot
1: (laughs) Do you know this brand new thing, Keelan? I got Uh, that hot new mascot for you.
0: Yeah, you might have seen him in the news lately. Is it soccer? It is World Cup. He's the mascot of uh, this year's World Cup. Oh, the World Cup gets its own mascot every year? I don't know if they get it. Well, the World Cup, I think, is every four years or every Olympiad. Oh, my God. I'm not sure of that. I'm not not a huge soccer guy.
1: I can tell by the fact that you're
0: not calling it football yeah true i am a big mascot guy (laughs) the only sport yeah so i want to show you a picture of him actually because he's kind of crazy looking is he shaped like shapes um well i mean he is a shape but not shaped like shapes square circles this is him what the fuck is that (laughs) so that is
1: like a casper the ghost With just his head and then a cape underneath.
0: Yes, so it's actually a headdress. I
1: kinda gathered that.
0: Yeah, also known as a gutra or a kafia. I feel much more comfortable saying kafia. (laughs) I know, that is such a great word. Um, But yeah, that's what he is. He has a slogan as well. The slogan is, now is all. That's quite existential of (laughs) you, you fucking scary (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs)
1: You only exist in the now. You have never been before and you will never be.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was unveiled in a video by he the- He is a veil. <laughs> yeah, they unveiled the veil. They, they just <laughs> lifted him off
1: of his own head. It looked a lot like a self-suck situation.
0: Yeah, he is getting a lot of like cum comparisons. Cause, like, oh my god, certain... that's gotta be the worst
1: <laughs> for them! Aren't they against cum being anywhere?
0: yeah probably uh, like that's well they have to like come goes in one place and that's <laughs> <Yeah>. it because <laughs> he definitely does like from certain angles uh look like a load yeah it looks just straight up like sperm like possibly a <laughs> sperm wearing a cape <laughs> yeah like super sperm yeah uh the so the marketing director of fifa unveiled him and i thought this was kind of interesting because they did give him a little bit of an origin story
1: What? (laughs) Somebody's getting
0: paid for this shit. They said that he comes from the mascot verse. I bet he comes from a mascot verse. (laughs) It is a place that is indescribable. And then they told us, they encouraged people to imagine what the mascot verse looks like. Is this a
1: fucking Cthulhu novel? (laughs)
0: Like what? The indescribable horrors of our mascots. But I do think that's super funny to give something a backstory, and that you're is like, nothing. "What is the backstory?" And they're like, "It's indescribable."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's literally like all of what's his face's novels. That's one of the. So I really like the Cthulhu lore, and I am I always fucking forget his name. Uh, Huey, I know his oh, first name. H.P. Lovecraft. There you go. Yeah, his first name is Huey. Is um, it? <laughs> yes,
0: I've, I just knew H.P. I've I didn't I
1: think it's Hue whatever the the full part of
0: Huey is. Yeah, probably Howard. Howard. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, okay. Um, yeah, there's a little comic book that's Huey and Cthulhu hanging out. Nice. But yeah, most of how he describes stuff, which a lot of people are like he's super good at it, is he really long-windedly explains that he can't explain stuff. Yeah. Like, that's most of what he's like, it is inconceivably gnarled and unknowingly <laughs> deep and you're like and that takes up a whole page and it sounds really good unless you listen to all of his short stories in a row and then you're like one trick pony motherfucker
0: honestly neil gaiman is a little bit like that too and i love neil gaiman he's a great writer but i found a lot of his stuff especially the earlier stuff is just like yeah super powerful incredibly godly and be like but what is he not very powerful yeah because at some point in
1: time that's kind of all you get and it's our generation to have the base of our imagination starts with all powerful which I mean (laughs) right really starting the bar low for us luckily we do have HP Lovecraft who opens up all-powerful, and uh, ancient gods and space creatures, which yeah. most of my favorite Lovecraft stuff is space creatures because he has these uh, pink-winged crabs that have kind this. of a deal. You you will never see them. They're not yeah, yeah. from one of his popular <laughs> novels, I oh, guess. Okay. He also doesn't actually have novels.
0: It's like, mostly short stories. It's
1: He has, like, 40 short stories. The, yeah. the amount of H.P. Lovecraft lure is much, much smaller than the amount of stuff we have made out of it. Yeah. Which, and a lot of the Lovecraft lure is based off of other, like, really unknown people in his area. I feel like
0: horror guys can kind of get away with that. Yeah, especially back
1: then. Like, Yeah. And and that's a creepy, like, area. I'm always upset that I have to say creepy Massachusetts. (laughs) But he is there's a story where these crab things have basically a deal with the elder gods which is cthulhu and uh ag fuck whatever the c1 is yeah and they're kind of out of time and they uh, end up k- kidnapping one of his friends because he is in the book like he's he is a correspondent quite often in short stories
0: yeah i was gonna say that's common for him right so he's always putting himself in there but it's not usually
1: like it's It's usually as an inaction narrator. Yeah. So he's not doing anything super important, or he'll, like, almost do something important, or almost affect the story, which is where the actual skill in his writing, in my opinion, is. Is the fact that he manages to include himself intimately in every book, but still is not, (laughs) like, the effector of anything. Yeah. That's, um other than I would like to denounce. It. He's a crazy racist. Like he is yeah, full yeah. on like Red you Hook. said that first. Yeah, I can't <laughs> listen <laughs> to Yeah, dude, I can't <laughs> listen to the Red Hook or it's fucking like just bizarrely hateful towards Asians. Yeah. In like ways that I'm like, what where did that come from?
0: There's uh authors putting themselves in books is such a weird thing. And I think you can pull it off, but one of my favorite authors does that and he Is it Stephen King? no because that's what the dark
1: tower is and he is literally instrumental in that book
0: no it's not stephen king i haven't read i don't think i've read a stephen king book uh it's tom robbins who one of my favorite books ever even cowgirls get the blues. it's like the whole thing is fantastic um a lot of it is about homosexuality specifically lesbians and then the end of the book is tom robbins Hooking up with all the lesbians because he's so attractive. Because that's what
1: because <laughs> that's what happens when you see Tom Robbins is you just completely change your sexual orientation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: so. I mean, there's some dudes that see that. I think Tom Robbins should be more afraid if that's what happens and he's in a room full of dudes. Because <laughs> if he's writing that at the end of his book, I could almost guarantee you he's not into that.
0: Yeah, but maybe he is. Maybe, maybe he is. He's a weird dude. But I mean, they're, I don't
1: know. Every, Writers, authors, people that lock themselves in rooms yeah, to uh, make shit up. Weird. <laughs> I do the same thing. I just don't do it with words, and everyone thinks I'm fucking insane.
0: Yeah. So um, while I was looking into Laib, <laughs> the mascot, um, I also stumbled upon an interesting fact. I found out that Qatar is the 10th largest landowner in the UK. Wait. So the way that you persist. So they own.
1: They're the tenth largest owner of land in the UK, or yes. they are in the UK.
0: They own property in, in the, the UK, UK gotcha. and some really prominent places. So they own twenty percent of Heathrow, which is the okay. international airport.
1: What? How? So why? Who's selling parts of airports? <laughs> like what the fuck?
0: So. I guess a lot of this happened um, during the recession in the UK, which was happening around the same time it was in the US. Yeah, like, 2009. Yeah, I
1: just started listening to Trash Future, and that's like all of what I'm listening to right now <laughs> is them being like, it's
0: 2009! Yeah, so that I think that's when they bought 20% of the airport, because they don't own, own the whole thing, and it is a government-funded airport. That's why I'm wondering why another country
1: owns part of it
0: yeah it's pretty crazy i'm not sure i mean i could dig into it but i just gave it a quick look they also own the shard okay you know the it's like a pointy glass building
1: technically people (laughs) consider that a sculpture so it's been uh, touted to me by people who think i like bad looking buildings
0: yeah it was also the tallest building in europe for one year from I think it was two thousand eleven to two thousand twelve.
1: Have you seen the plans for the next super tall, like taller than everything? It's gonna be like the first suspension suspension
0: skyscraper. No. Where is it supposed to be?
1: I pretty sure to buy.
0: Yeah. I mean like like pretty much everything. That'd (laughs) be super
1: funny if it was going to Neon. (laughs) Just right at the ends.
0: Yeah. They also own Harrods. Do you know what Harrods is? Yeah, dude, the store. Yeah. Which I I had never heard of it until I'm sure I had heard of it in passing, but I didn't really know what it was until yesterday. Um I guess it's like kinda like a giant mall. There's like three hundred plus like shops and services inside of it. So they own that now, but the person who used to own Herods is this guy named Mohammed Al Fayed. Mm, that sounds like a ninja turtle. <laughs> that sounds like all of the ninja turtles at once. Yeah. And I just found these connections to be crazy. I don't know if this is like well-known stuff or what, but it was kind of blowing my mind. So Mohammed Al-Fayed owns, well, he owned Harrods. He actually sold it to the QIA. Okay. (laughs) Which is the Qatar Investment Authority. (laughs) All right.
1: So also how can an authority own fucking fuck separation of power like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in this country other than, like, the skeletal structure of it. And then I look at everybody else's country and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, okay. Like, we're, we're coming from that fucked up of a situation. I kind of understand why this one's not great.
0: Yeah, he sold it to the QIA uh, for $1.5 billion in 2010. Did he buy a stadium with it? I'm not sure what he did with it. He actually sold the company because he was trying to cash out part of his dividend and they were like uh oh, we got to go through the board and this and that and he Not was sorry, like just like fuck it i'm leaving <laughs> yeah he was like sounds like stupid. somebody
1: was fleeing
0: <laughs> there's some quote too that was like basically like i can't withdraw my money when i want to fuck them i'm selling the whole thing like in that kind of language. that's pretty much what
1: i just did with <laughs> i can't give you money when i want to
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so very fitting ties into there. Our- yeah, my whole <laughs> life was for a segue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it took 35 years to identity thefts, and, and here a it is—real angry Keelan at a bank.
0: But this is what I think is crazy. Okay, so I was like, "Al Fayed." I've heard that name before. Yeah. So Muhammad Al Fayed is the father of Dodi Al Fayed, who was in a relationship with Princess Diana.
1: Okay. Okay. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, Dodie is dead now. He died in the crash crashed, with yes. Princess Diana. But Dodi's mom is this woman named Samira Khashoggi, who is the aunt of Jamal Khashoggi. Do you know Jamal Khashoggi? No, I have no idea who Jamal Khashoggi is. Jamal Khashoggi uh, was murdered by the Saudi Arabian government. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Like, we're talking about the
1: more recent, um, everyone's real mad because we just kind of said that was okay as a country guy, right? Like, we just, we basically just didn't, uh, what was it? The guy who's in
0: charge over there just got basically pardoned by us. Oh, MBS. Uh, Muhammad bin al-Saman or something? Yeah. He goes by MBS.
1: Because, is that the murder that we're talking about?
0: I, yeah, I mean, he was involved in the whole thing. No, he actuated the murder. Yeah, I don't and think then, he did it himself, No, yeah. But, yeah. So he actuated right, the murder. Right,
1: right, yeah. And then we were like, that's bad! And then instead of pressing charges, we were like, you're in charge of a country, and we have a long-standing tradition of extending immunity. So we signed a it wasn't a declaration of immunity it was something of immunity that was like kind of tentative that Mm. we're like well basically so long as you're in power we're not going to do anything about it which is a terrible thing to do to somebody you don't want in power
0: because then they have even more reason to not get out of power yeah so uh, just a crazy connection i had no idea that like all these people were kind of tied together rich people well yeah i mean i guess they're all all, are they are all rich um, That'd be
1: super cool if I just started walking around, like, doing the same thing that, uh like, racists do to Asians, where I just, like, walk <laughs> around and I see somebody wearing, like, a nice diamond ring, and I'm like, all of you rich people look alike, I can't <laughs> tell
0: you apart. Well, so I was wondering about that, right? Like, the the fayed family, you know, obviously have a ton of wealth, so I was like, well, so, how did they meet up with the Khashoggi family? And, like, were they a- already rich, or like, what was the deal? So, um, that led me to Adnan Khashoggi. Oh my God. This is like the <laughs>
1: Kubla Khan, Kengis Khan, Genghis Khan conversation in the car earlier.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Adnan Khashoggi is the brother of Samira Khashoggi. Okay. Samira Khashoggi was the first wife of Muhammad Al-Fayed. You should have drawn a chart (laughs) before this. So Samira and Adnan are brother and sister. So I was like, all right, so what? Did did they all come from wealth? Was their family rich? Did they go to the same private school? Well, Adnan Khashoggi did go to a private school with the King of Jordan. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) How fucking convoluted is this chain going to
0: be? And the so, King of Jordan? Yeah, he met in high school. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, so he met the King of Jordan, and I'm not exactly sure how it went down after this, but basically, I think that kind of gave him a network. And this guy's a, like a businessman. I told you brunch. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's what happened. They went to a brunch, and somebody was like, hey, I got this idea. Let's buy 20% of an airport. Yeah. So he actually, when he was still in school, he knew two students. I think one was Egyptian and one was Libyan. I might have the countries wrong. But it was like, oh, my dad makes towels. And the other guy was like, my dad needs to find a way to get towels here. And he was like,
1: hey. Yeah, you just (laughs) described how everything works yeah. that is exactly why our social circles pretty much guarantee that none of us are going to be like toilet paper moguls unless a lot of people accidentally die which they just did so <laughs> like our odds went up a little
0: but so he you know he takes these business deals i guess the towel thing was like his first uh first deal then he uh, was selling or leasing vehicles to people who needed like uh vehicles that were capable of moving through the
1: desert okay so just doing all-terrain vehicles and i'm yeah. assuming like at an incredibly high interest
0: rate yeah i'm sure he like, was probably illegal in this country levels of interest could be well but then he quickly moved to being an arms dealer
1: yeah that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the Khashoggi's kind of had some wealth from that i think maybe that's how they got into the social circle of the the al but there's also some other interesting stuff I saw about Adnan Khashoggi. He ran into financial problems at a certain point, and he sold his yacht. You know, when you run into trouble, you just Well, you I was to about to say, yacht. you're not in financial <laughs> trouble if you have a
1: yacht. You just live in the fucking yacht. Go get <laughs> yeah. a job at Fry's. Make some money and pull yourself up by your little fucking bootstraps. Yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Guy's <laughs> a trillionaire. Well, so he sold his yacht, and he sold it to the Sultan of Brunei, and then the Sultan of Brunei flipped it. Do you know who he sold it to? It's an American. Bill Gates. Uh, Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> so do you know who he long-term financed it to? Well, so he sold it to Donald Trump for $29 million. Uh and then, and then Donald Trump defaulted on it. Donald Trump sold it just a few years later for $20 million because he's an excellent businessman. Oh, of course. <laughs> and he didn't want anybody to notice publicly that he couldn't actually pay for the yacht (laughs) and he sold it to prince al bin talal uh as part of a deal to keep his taj mahal casino from going bankrupt which it did anyways yeah no shit (laughs) like
1: legitimately speaking all right i'm gonna go on a little trump diatribe for a minute
0: yeah real quick though Go on a Trump diatribe, Khashoggi also gained uh, U.S. influence when he donated $200 million to Richard Nixon's political campaign in a uh, back channel of a bank to avoid U.S. law. Oh, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Cool. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have to do that now, but um,
1: he would just have to pay Facebook instead. Yeah. But no, so basically, like, anytime you're looking for a fucking leader... Think about whether or not you can take direction from that person without trying to beat the fuck out of them, because <laughs> if any of your bosses walked around acting like Donald Trump, I'm relatively certain you wouldn't continue to work for them, so why would anyone else ever? It's because they're forced to, due to financial situations in which he is no longer <laughs> favorable and so they're just stomping on all of his shit.
0: Yeah. I'm a little surprised, like, when The Apprentice was going on, that someone didn't just try to, like, tackle Trump or, like, punch him or something. Well,
1: at that time, he was still considered funny by most people. Yeah. And, you know, reality TV makes gods of the dumbest fucking. (laughs) Like, I am super glad we didn't have reality TV in the 30s. Can you fucking (laughs) imagine the people that would have gone on there? Although, like, maybe Don Knotts. Would have ended up being in charge of stuff, which I don't know his political views, but at least it, like President Don Knotts would be pretty good. Yeah, like, my American people. <laughs> there are so many ostriches.
0: Don Knotts, he was like the the cop on uh, Andy Griffith. Correct, he's okay. the other cop on Andy Griffith. Yeah, like the goofy other one. than
1: Griffith, <laughs> right. Who is the sheriff?
0: <laughs> and yeah. I don't think they ever get
1: another cop. I watched a lot of that Andy Griffith show. I used to have a raven growing up. That whistled the theme song. Oh, nice. I didn't Shout out raven. Beetlejuice. It died of a heart attack surrounded by cats. Dang. We had one of those bell cages and one day we got up and it was just stone dead in the fucking cage because the cage had <laughs> fallen like the hook oh, it was no. in fell and it was just surrounded by the way too many cats I had
0: growing up. Dang. So, so it was like in a little trap and all the cats were like, all right. Well, that's <laughs> the thing
1: is like most of the time the cats did like we let them fly around the house. They didn't fuck with him. Oh, but the second he fell in the cage, they just surrounded it.
0: Yeah, they're like, convenience? I'm all in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he used to, because uh, we'd feed him mealworms, and instead of eating the mealworms, he would bury the mealworms and let them turn into beetles and then eat the beetles. So we had to feed him like a week out.
0: Hmm. Is that a smart move? I, I this-
1: That's a... that's. That goes back to my, humans are real hoity-toity about their intelligence levels because (laughs) that's an opinion on taste that was expressed by a raven that also likes the Andy Griffith show. True. That's pretty much a human.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, give him some fucking beer and the right to vote. (laughs) It's so weird that Ron Howard was in the Andy Griffith show, too. Is your patriarchal position being contested?
1: Are you tired of using things like truth and logic to justify your action? Wish you had an excuse at hand any time one of those pesky fellows came up to you with, Why are you doing that? Or, How is this supposed to help? With Unicorp's new divine conquer kit, you can keep your loved ones distracted with inner turmoil and reclaim your castle.
0: only choice for your future
1: i mean no but why it just seems like like it should be way older i was gonna say that the andy
0: (laughs) Andy griffith show is older than it actually is yeah it was just on a very long time yeah i mean i was watching it obviously in syndication like decades after it aired but this I is watched I, it a bunch with my mom.
1: I get confused about what era anything happened in in uh, Little House on the Prairie. Because I watched yeah. that in high school before school at the time. and I'm like, yeah, in 2001.
0: <laughs> that show really confused me, too, because didn't it come out in like the 70s or 80s? I'm not entirely sure when the
1: show came out, but it, based on uh, the way it was filmed, I would say 70s or 80s. Yeah. And I know Carol England. What's her name? uh laura Ingalls wilder maybe is that who wrote them <laughs> i think that's who wrote we it, had yeah. to do a report on her by the way and i don't know if you remember all of us had to do
0: a report i do remember our school being super into i, I House have no the fucking idea <laughs> i don't know why but it's probably there was probably some weird corporate deal involving selling <laughs> fucking books Someone had a crush on Michael Landon or something. They're like, "Oh, I hope he comes one day." Oh man, gross! <laughs> Our fucking that makes me scared of all of those
1: scholastic book fairs that I went to. <laughs> I used to love those things I like did too. so much. I all I ever bought from them was cookbooks on how to cook gross things. Nice. Yeah, I never got to do any of that shit because anytime I try it,
0: my mom would be like, "Absolutely not! Make real food." <laughs> yeah, I used to always look for those. Um, sideways stories from wayside school that was my shit and they always had them at the scholastic book fair i feel like they those you know like i think those are on the banned
1: books list now really for what it's either that or far side oh,
0: okay that was i actually learned algebra from those books
1: that's fucking bullshit because <laughs> do you know what i didn't learn algebra from school or ever
0: <laughs> i remember to in- my
1: knowledge i don't think i know algebra like i'm pretty sure
0: it's like meh. Yeah, well shout out to my mom too, but I got this um, book, it was in that series, like the Wayside School stories, Yeah, uh, and I think it was called like Sideways Math from Wayside School or something oh, like that. Oh, so they did like a Math Blasters thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because do you remember
1: when Math Blasters just decided to do English and it was bad? <laughs> yeah. Because applying it
0: like English
1: to Math Blasters is like a terrible fucking idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but in the book, it was like, it was basically like, oh, you've done addition, you've done subtraction, multiplication. Like, how about we get rid of the numbers and we just use letters? And that was like how they introduced variables. Yeah. See, and variables
1: is something that I've never really had an issue. Like, yeah, the a symbol standing for a symbol is already what numbers are. I don't actually know what numbers are, so there's no <laughs> problem there. Like, there's no real genetic makeup of a number they're all writing and all that thus yeah. the rule of symbol is the same everywhere and i can follow it very easily yeah it's all of the other shit when they're like now x times y and i'm like two things i don't know <laughs> good if i were to follow that so X is the 20-something letter in the alphabet. Yeah. And y, that's what I would do if I walked up to a math equation in a Dungeons & Dragons dungeon. <laughs> just be like, all right, there are 26 letters. <laughs> you just start solving some riddle. <laughs> that's, if anybody needs to know this, so long as you know that you're in like base 10, if you get stuck by a sphinx and or the <laughs> doors that one of them lies and one of them tells the truth, just ask the
0: math questions. Okay. so yeah. long as
1: you know it's base 10 okay yeah it's a good good strategy yeah yeah because is that the right way to go It's real fucking ambiguous but
0: two plus two is four and one of them says eight <laughs> then you know which one's fucking lying yeah i remember showing my mom that book and i was like look at this crazy thing they made up and i was like showing her algebra that i was doing and she was like they didn't make that up <laughs> and you've got it wrong here let me show you and i was like oh so that's how i learned algebra it's real (laughs) fucked up that your mom was just like they
1: didn't make like i mean yeah they didn't make that up but you're chastising your child it's what the book said
0: well i mean she needed to correct me i'm glad she did no like it's uh, you you could just you just say no that's just math otherwise i probably to this day would still think that wayside school made up algebra
1: well i mean we've covered the fact that this entire country thinks albert einstein thinks that the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and that is in fact did not exist until the 80s and came out of a narcotics
0: anonymous book that's also super funny because if anyone was gonna do the same thing over and over again right expect it's a different a result fucking scientist trying <laughs> yeah. to check a fucking variable
1: that they don't know exists
0: yeah it's like, like literally one guy. yeah
1: and we're currently at a part in fucking history where
0: he's being proven wrong on what stuff i mean we don't have Uh, to get too deep into it i know some of it has been proven. well so he is against uh the uncertainty theory
1: entirely so he would not so zero einsteinian logic includes uncertainty or Uh heisenberg's entire quantum angle Right. But we have quantum computers, so that's 100% wrong at that one spot. Like, we have yeah. a real thing that we can tangibly look at that is something he didn't believe in. Plus the Hubble. Um, the the Like, I don't know if you know a lot about the science of how the Hubble's lens works, but it actually uses the atmosphere of another planet. Oh, okay. Sometimes. Yeah. And he full-on didn't think we could even build that. Like, he was like, this is outside of human technology all the way around so that is another thing that and that was proven wrong a long time ago but nobody likes to admit that einstein is a scientist and he was following (laughs) the scientific method so he only got to live long enough
0: (laughs) to know what he was practicing it will be funny like a few hundred years or something if einstein is like the ultimate dumbass i mean (laughs) to our generation he's like the smartest dude well i explained to you my uh Every time
1: I'm like, oh, we're just fat light. And then I look at the conservation of mass and like, that's what that says. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay. I don't know like
0: what real amount of intelligence it took. Yeah. Doing the math though. Difficult. I like his name. Einstein. Yeah. It means one stone in German, right? I
1: didn't. I don't know his name. I do know that a lot of people think he was much nicer than he was because he's kind of like known as a backstabbing womanizer. Is he? But I know now he's like, like kind of a dick. He was He was more of a, oh, that's right, honey, don't worry, go powerful, <laughs> right? And then like go off and join boys club and do all the boys club stuff. Interesting. Oh, Fraulein. I think there was something about him and Marie Curie, hmm. like some conversations where he was basically like bolstering her to her. Yeah. And then there was other conversations where he's like, oh, that lady is crazy. <laughs> i hope that's exactly i could just look up how albert einstein talked it's either that or he sounds like a fucking stooge yeah, he, he's got to be on a recording somewhere right oh he's definitely on hundreds of them yeah i'm surprised like, he that has I've never lectures heard i have but i don't remember the actual i bet that was
0: <laughs> accent but <laughs> but don't tell that because he will be very very upset <laughs> He hears himself differently in his head. Uh, I used to I'd be like,
1: oh, hey, Renee. Just, I don't fucking sound like that.
0: Well, speaking of smart people, I got another thing for you. Have we gotten rid of the smartphone and replaced
1: it with a smart person? It's a person that can identify and fill out all of your information
0: without uh, you having to enter it yourself. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to oh, say. fuck yeah. Those <laughs> are called no. slaves. <laughs> okay, I I want to backtrack on that. Then. Well, they're digital.
1: <laughs> that would be real fucked up if in the future we went back to the slave economy, but it was for tech jobs. <laughs> it's like whipping somebody over a keyboard for 2 hours. Yeah elon's like more lines of code <laughs> oh my god i would really like to see elon actually uh do the manual labor schedule he requires of his workers in <laughs> yeah. his third world country uh
0: fucking shops yeah i just i don't know if you saw this part of his whole <laughs> ordeal which uh, ordeal well where he was the like current ordeal or two ordeals ago uh, I think it was like near the beginning of the actual ac- acquisition where he's like, where you anyone got stuck that writes with code, I want you to print it out. And we're oh, going like, to on the volume of code you've written. Yeah, by the way, we're <laughs> just
1: going to steal all of your shit right now and make sure we have a copy of it right before we fire you.
0: Well, it's also so funny. Like, anyone that's done any kind of development, and like, I have to a very limited degree, I was a junior developer for a while the volume of code is the least important thing and aren't you supposed to make smaller code isn't that like elegance in code
1: (laughs) yes so he thinks that they run that like (laughs) 19
0: fucking 50s penny uh, novels where they pay the guy by the word yeah exactly it's like the volume of code is the most like useless thing you could possibly use if anything yeah you want less safe memory but uh no the smart person that i want to talk to you about is a man named luke cornett it's time for more nasty sports spirits. he plays basketball for the boston celtics okay you ever heard of him? well I, so yes i've heard of the boston
1: celtics <laughs> and i feel like i've heard that last name and i feel like there might be uh some form of uh fund and or charity thing with that name on it
0: uh you know i'm not sure a lot of the basketball players do you know they're rich guys they're kind of community figures i don't know if he does but luke Cornette is a role player i think even calling him a role player is a bit of a stretch dungeons and dragons like what what are we talking <laughs> okay so, so he plays a large role in um when i say role player you know a basketball team has five dudes so like the the five starters are probably you know, like stars in the league or like close to a star in the league. Okay. Where he's a guy that's coming off the bench. Uh, When I say role player, it's like he has kind of a specific thing.
1: You stand there for five
0: minutes while this guy (laughs) runs around and uh,
1: gets all of the likes.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And his role, Luke Cornett, he's seven foot two. He's a very tall man. I think he's 250. I saw his official weight. That's almost two of me yeah so i mean that's very thin though for being that height so he's like very tall thin birdish guy. i don't know his dad also played basketball he's a white guy i was about to say does he his... look like larry bird no he kind of he looks kind of country actually i don't know kinda like... country i wonder how the rest of the world would have <laughs> viewed
1: what you just said
0: I mean, because in country, my it's... head, the
1: second you said "country," I went to redneck southern person, <laughs> and I was like, "That's probably not it." That's him. Okay, corn fed, yeah, which yeah, I guess that's... is country. But when you say country to me, I think of all of the negative things. Versus corn fed, I'm like, <laughs> you were literally fed corn from your backyard until you became as tall as corn.
0: Yeah, yeah. He kind of looks like if someone gallery
1: Bird's Adam's apple.
0: he does if someone was like draw someone from nebraska this is pretty much what i would draw (laughs) that's the commercial
1: (laughs) just offend nebraskans i don't know if that's that's not really offensive yeah he's not a bad looking
0: yeah he's a good looking dude it's It's just stereotyping nebraskans yeah he's like very stereotypically like white midwestern looking Anyway, so he, yeah, he's more of a role player. He's not like a star dude or like a superstar or anything. He's been in the league for about five years. Being, you know, such a tall guy, he typically plays center. Center is like the tall guy position. They're usually blocking shots. Okay, you know. gotcha. It's literally guy. center of, not center of plays. Yeah. That's yeah. like like Shaq was a center. Yes. Like, he's that type of guy, but... Uh, unlike Shaq, you know, he's thin. He's not like a... Couldn't like, just a eat a child. <laughs> yeah. He can't eat all the other basketball players. That's like become an NBA meme. It's like, why doesn't he just eat all the other players? Because <laughs> I... Well, who the fuck? Somebody made... Uh,
1: what's his face? The um, I'm not sure who you're but talking he's, about. He's just got a bunch of tattoos. He won against... Dr. Oz, yeah. Oh, Fetterman. Yeah, so yeah. Fetterman looks kind of like a bruiser. And by and kind yeah, of, definitely. like, a bruiser, like, literally, I, w- <laughs> I would have a second to fear if I was in an alley with that man. Yeah. And somebody just made a post that was like, why doesn't he just eat all of the other people in the house? And my response was, <laughs> because it's impolite to eat before everybody's seated. You gotta wait for the fucking votes and the fucking lame duck session. He's probably in there
0: right mm-hmm. now. Just... <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Cornette's specialty, he, he's what you call, like, a stretch big meaning (laughs) grow or not a show (laughs) i'm not sure well that's what you stretch stretch big (laughs) right yeah but so typically a big man you know and this has changed very much in the last five to ten years typically a big man is someone like Shaq. you know he's gonna sit close to the basket you throw on the ball, dunk it, you know, get a close shot. Yeah. But also stretch, not very movable, which I feel like is a, a key to being the guy who can just stand next there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the stretch big, that's a guy who can also shoot from the outside, right? So that even though this guy's seven two, and you'd think he'd just be kind of hanging out on the basket. He can do threes. Yeah, he can take threes. So that's kind of his thing. He's like a shot blocker and a stretch big. You are like two words away from
1: a rap song. if you just made all of that rhyme we would have a fucking
0: classic hit single yeah so i mean he's been traded a bunch of times not really a notable player in the league until this season when he invented a move called the eclipse oh you were telling me about this (laughs) he named the move uh i think it is a fantastic name i think more people need to name things in that manner that style. But the eclipse is a move. So like I, I told you, you know, he's a stretch big. So when another team puts in another stretch big, it's like, all right, let's get Luke cornett out there. He can guard him. He can do the perimeter. And he can do like close to the basket. Um the eclipse happens when the opposing big is taking a three point shot and Luke cornett for whatever reason, is too far away. Right, so usually you're guarding your man pretty close. Yeah, but this is a scenario. If you want to imagine it, there's a three-point shooter out at the three-point line about to take a shot, and Luke Cornett is still fairly close to the basket, meaning you know he's not going to be up close to like put a hand in his face, try to block the shot. So what he does, being seven-two, he just jumps up as high as he can. He stretches both of his arms upwards and just tries to block the view of the basket so that the shooter is thrown off, can't see the shot, whatever. Um, So far, the stats on it, it's happened 13 times this season. Uh, Only three of those shots have gone in. That's pretty good. I also
1: (laughs) think the first time you explained that to me, it sounded more like he was just pantomiming blocking and less (laughs) like he was actually actively blocking a piece of visual data because that's fucking genius. Because I don't know if you know how you uh, actually search for things, but it is not as clever or as good as you think. Your brain is doing all of the heavy lifting. Like, if you're trying to notice something from far away, you will... There's a a famous test on this where there's, like, a big bright thing of berries in a tree that takes the average person about a minute and a half to find. And once you find it, you're like, it's a completely green thing, and they're the only red thing there. It's because they're small enough to just be out of wherever your focal point is so it just won't get included in the data until you physically run your eyes program over that section yeah i think i've seen
0: that before it's it's interesting kind of how this evolved too so like you're saying like just do like a a visual block I guess the the former coach of the Celtics, who's now their GM, he used to have a rule. He's like, when you're guarding someone, he called it the second jump rule, where if you're the defender, you're not allowed to jump until you see the offensive player jump. Gotcha. Because they're going to try to fake you out, right? It's something that happens all the time. So you don't want to be caught in the air where you're going to foul someone or you're not going to be able to block the shot. So that was his whole thing. There's this other player on the Celtics, uh, Jalen Brown is his name, who kind of started doing this weird thing because of that second jump rule yeah. where he if he was a little bit too far from the defender, once they finally did go up, he would just put both hands in the air because usually when you're the defender, you try to like guard yeah. the ball, but he would just put both hands in the air because he was focusing so much on the second jump rule. And I guess Luke Cornett saw that, was like, oh, I'm even taller and, like, lankier and crazy. Like, I can just put both my hands up. I actually just do this. <laughs> yeah. That's so. funny.
1: I wonder what the actual rules on putting advertising banners are in the back. So just have, <laughs> like, one game where you change all of your advertising to yeah. pictures of basketball hoops. and just all of the banners behind the basketball hoop just dozens (laughs) of basketball (laughs) yeah that sounds like it'd work for about two games and then they'd be like oh this is confusing our fucking slow motion ai
0: (laughs) i mean that's a a pretty common thing is like all the fans behind the basket will like try to distract the player so i don't think they're used to that yeah that's why like When you were
1: talking about it being pantomiming, I was like, they're just going to train people to be more flexible when they do that. But if it's actually blocking data, they'll probably have to teach them to quick fire as in like just have no visual data when they shoot. Yeah. Which is going to give them a very different weakness.
0: Yeah. I do also want to say, you know, Luke Cornette coined this uh move as the eclipse there is a boston announcer brian scalabrini who's a scumbag (laughs) he started calling it the cornet contest which sounds dumb yeah and i disagree with because luke already named it man just let him call it the eclipse also like what is this (laughs) like why does this guy want to muscle in on like
1: (laughs) is this is he about to retire and this is going to be his legacy is that he named somebody else's move
0: um well, so Brian Scalabrini played basketball recently. He just became an announcer. So maybe this is him trying to, to like, relive make his, his glory stamp. gaze through <laughs> fucking
1: other people's hard work. What's his yeah. name? Uh,
0: Brian Scalabrini. Do you think it's going to be the Scalabrini schism <laughs> when he just starts naming everybody else's shit? Yeah, I don't know. Scalabrini, uh, he's a funny player, too. He's like a redheaded three point shooter. <laughs> so a redheaded three-point shooter <laughs> sounds like you're ordering a
1: triple of jameson
0: yeah it does And not a not a ton of redheads in the nba but there have been some notable ones do you think that there are actually the
1: proper um what's it called when it's statistically laid out by population per capita like of that. like the actual country in percentage of redheads
0: i mean that's a good question there like a third yeah it might accurately represent the
1: demographics there, there of the There we country. go, demographic.
0: <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Learning how to talk didn't happen until later in life. Yeah. So, I wonder, you know, it seems like Luke has kind of proved that this is an effective strategy. I do also want to say, like, you know, 3 of 13, that's really good. Um, But you have to wonder, like... Why is the guy so wide open, right? Like, why is Luke so far away? Like, why does he have to close out? That probably means that guy is a bad three point shooter, right? So, so he's not even trying. So, he might be kind of padding that stat a little bit of like, well, well, that's also going to take the shot, but I know he's going to miss. But that's also a good technique because that's literally fear, right? That's you do that in war, yeah. That's kind of the counterpoint to like, never let them see your own
1: side's dead bodies. You take them with you so they only (laughs) see their
0: own dead. That's
1: a different scenario, though.
0: Yeah. Last night there was a cornet contest, it was the 13th one. You're going to call it the cornet contest? Oh, sorry, the eclipse. Yeah. Fucking (laughs) bootlicking son of a bitch. (laughs) Well, edit that out. No, we can't. But Udonis Haslam uh, tried to shoot a three the eclipse happened and it, it was successful it does make me wonder if other players will pick up this strategy well don't they have to be tall enough first yeah a so, lot of these guys can jump like crazy though so like i'm Luke wondering Karnett, if it'll be as effective if it's just a shot though right versus yeah. being able to
1: continuously cuz like we could test this if you had a trash can in here like <laughs> just covering the trash can the whole time versus doing that yeah. Like, I can probably keep
0: that data in my head. And by that, I meant I, I waved my hand quickly. <laughs> um, there's another Celtics player who tried out the Eclipse, and it was successful for him. He's the only guy that's done it so far. Marcus Smart tried it out. Oh, smart, eh? Yeah. That's funny that he plays in Boston, too, because he's wicked smart. He's wicked
1: smart. <laughs> it took me a long time to learn that pisser is a positive thing. Like, if something's no, it? pisser, it's good. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right? It I changes know, uh... a lot of shit. Like, you thought somebody was talking <laughs> shit about something you liked. And you're yeah. like, oh, no, he likes it. And I culturally don't understand Bostonians. Is that just a Boston thing where pisser's good? It's or... pisser. Anyway. Like, to okay. my knowledge, pisser is just Good, so anyway, good. I think it's Massachusetts as well, they say pisser. Okay. Well, so Boston is in Massachusetts, but it's not like just the city. Yeah. Because I had uh, a unfortunate situation where I had to deal with a bunch of mastholes. <laughs> and my chef at the time, who uh, quit, like, during all of this because they were uh, doing that thing where they don't pay people, Yeah. Explained to me that people were mad at me. He was like, no,
0: pisser's good, you're fine. Like, Yeah. Uh, but the the sorry the eclipse i almost <laughs> said the, yeah the you've again. already
1: been programmed by the <laughs>
0: basketball elite um it, it it looks silly right it's kind of dumb like but it seems effective and i think this has happened before in basketball um i don't think this i don't think he's the best free throw shooter of, of all time anymore but the one of the best free throw shooters of all time his name is rick berry uh, free throws underhanded granny style yeah is he where granny style came from i'm not sure if he's like was the first one to say
1: clearly remember in grade school being told i was
0: not allowed to shoot like that while playing basketball by my pe teacher mr wigan so here's the crazy thing about shooting granny style it is pretty much proven to be effective to raise your free throw percentage by about 10 to 20 percent
1: because it's a good parabola but it yeah, so it would only work for free throws because if you fucking try and shoot normally like yeah, that, you don't want to shoot it's that like way. a great perfect arc <laughs> to just be like, yeah, just take that out of the air there, buddy. Yeah, and I mean, if you shoot. It's you're like a nice low. throw. Fight.
0: Yeah, it's like if you're shooting high, you know, people have to reach high to try to block you. But if you shoot. Well, you could low. just do it
1: so aggressively <laughs> that if they get anywhere fucking near you, like the risk is losing your face. Yeah. Or, and I don't think. Because it's your fault if you get in front of the ball, right? Unless you get like straight up
0: peg oh yeah yeah i mean unless unless yeah, you're somebody's exactly mad at right. aiming at you yeah uh, so unless, you could just be yeah. like
1: that's just how fucking hard i roll yeah. i granny style you into the fucking ground
0: yeah but i bring that up because you know rick berry one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time he tried to tell other players like you should use this strategy it's great you know like look at me i'm the best free throw shooter ever they call him a this pussy. is why exactly yeah because <laughs> so, it's not manly to do things that don't look cool but all of our cool things are based on men so yeah. that's weird so another uh you know wilt chamberlain we talked about wilt on an episode one of the greatest players of all time was also one of the worst free throw shooters of all time he actually did use rick barry's method he started shooting granny style because he had to to keep his stats anywhere near in the fucking green <laughs> I don't know the the entire motivation. I think it Wilt was a player that was kind of like, whatever you say, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I think people were starting to get on his case as like, you're a bad free throw shooter. Well, I was going to say, also, does he just like being good at basketball and <laughs> is true, okay yeah. with conceit?
1: Because that seems to be what happens a lot when I'm learning stuff and I think something stupid. I go, oh, that's right. I don't know how to do that that way it's just the way i want to do it i'm gonna go do it the other way and then magically it gets done because of course the fifty thousand other people who have been doing it for 200 years have tried the other (laughs) thing i tried
0: so wilt actually did start shooting granny style i think i don't know the exact number but i know his percentage did go up like 10 or 15 percent and again, I don't know the exact time frame, but he did it for like one season and then was basically like shunned out of everything. <laughs> yeah. They're like,
1: you're not cool enough, even though you're personally getting better at the thing that you were doing. <laughs> so fuck off. uh And your dick is small. I assume that that's like in the
0: locker room. They're like, do you know who doesn't have a dick? Grannies. <laughs> well, I mean, we went over how Will fam- uh, famously claimed 20,000 women. So I. Don't yeah, but that, could, was that could 100% <laughs> just be him paying his friend a lot of money. <laughs> That's true. Um, that same strategy was brought up later on to Shaq, who is the actual worst free throw shooter of all time. And he pretty much stated the same thing you did. But like, There's a quote from him. I forget exactly what it was, but he was pretty much like, yeah, but then I'll look stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean really he's the one who should have been doing it because he's terrifying yeah. and if he was throwing granny style and somebody went up to fuck with him he could <laughs> eat them yeah do you have top secret thoughts that no one should else has are you worried that maybe maybe there's somebody reading those thoughts well today's your lucky day with the rebellion's new aluminium trilby will have all the protection you need to look into the eyes of your oppressor and smile with confidence. This message was brought to you by the Revolution,
0: LLC. I got one more basketball thing for you. Yeah. And this is just sticking with the theme of ridiculous things that work. Uh One of my favorite plays in basketball, it's called the Barking Dog Play. <laughs> Sounds kinky. <laughs> yeah what it is is uh on an inbounds play right so the offensive team has the ball out of bounds they're passing it in attempting to score uh what you do is one of the players on the offensive team gets down on all fours and starts barking like a dog so that the defenders get distracted and hopefully you know some other guy on the team can just put it up for an easy one yeah that's uh Very,
1: very effective and literally exactly how I would play basketball. (laughs) And I used to play dodgeball a little like that, except for dodgeball works the opposite. Is when you see somebody's about to go after the guy who can actually throw, (laughs) you just go run in front of the ball and go, and they throw it at you and you hit the ground and they just get blasted in the face (laughs) by like a six, five fucking prison cut motherfucker and
0: dropped. Yeah. I'm very good at sacrificing myself for the team, and that's about it. Uh, this play did make me think of you. I was like, yeah, Keelan could totally pull off the barking dog. These are the <laughs> tactics of a
1: man who cannot throw.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think people need to start thinking outside the box more on sports. It's like... I Or anything. Anything at all. Yeah. Back to the bank thing.
1: <laughs> we were talking about their system, because I was watching his system be slow as fuck, because I yeah. mean... I. I didn't, like, explicitly make him show me the screen, but I sat at the seat that I wasn't supposed to that was, like, kind of on the side and was just watching the screen the whole time. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sorry, this takes forever. I was like, yeah, I was talking to my friend about the fact that your guys' systems are probably antiquated as shit. He started bitching about, like, their provider. And my (laughs) response was, or you guys as a bank could spend some of your billions of dollars to build an infrastructure for your business to work. And his eyes were like... Oh my god, yeah!
0: <laughs> we had like, of oh. <laughs> We can cut into this profit a little bit? Dude, they don't have to cut into the profit. Like, they could probably just... Oh, they still
1: have a shitload of profit. Well, least. I'm sure that they have a bunch of gold ingots that are unaccounted for <laughs> somewhere that they could just re-enter into the fucking economy. Yeah. Is that why Gringotts was called Gringotts? Gringotts, I'm pretty sure, but like, so... I <laughs> thought of that. J.K. Rowling's everything is very like maybe she also yeah. just makes up things and put some cannon last second so <laughs> yeah. like you know about the toilets <laughs> thing right
0: i think you told me about this yeah like why is there a
1: toilet no 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 so somebody at some point in time just one of those garbage like fucking tweets was like yeah. what about wizards in the past and she was like actually indoor plumbing wasn't invented until blah 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 and like well well after like, society had cities and electricity. (laughs) And before that, wizards used to just magic it away. But, like, there's a huge hole in that because the entire plot of the first fucking, like, half of the series involves a fucking bathroom and things hidden in the plumbing. Yeah. So when... Like, I'm just saying, like, when did they stop wishing their poop away and when was... (laughs) The fucking, it, Hogwarts made. Because Hogwarts has plumbing built into it at like the very base level.
0: Yeah. Well, there's some Potterhead out there, and maybe that can, uh. Tell no, this us is, the is their whole thing. It's like, this is a big <laughs> wall. Also, JK Rowling's a turfing fuck, but. Yeah.
1: You want to, uh, promote stuff? I mean, sure. I don't know that it does anything, but. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Jane Fritz, J-A-I-N underscore Fritz on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Yep, and I am VR Frittatas on Instagram. It is VR Frittatas, like the breakfast food. You can also find UPP on Twitter and on Twitch. On Twitch, we are UPP underscore playa, P-L-A-Y-A. And if you are on Twitch, you can also follow my wife and I. Uh, We are Andy underscore pants. A-N-D-E-E underscore pants. You got anything else? Uh, Fuck banks. That's implicit to pretty much everything from now on. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Fuck banks. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Later. Peace.
1: Is this the guy that they meet in the fucking, uh... Dogs of War or whatever? No, or God of War? That You know that whole...